Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. Imogene, Black Bear, Ulfer, Engineer, and Poughkeepsie are all Jeep Badge of Honor trails. Yes. To knock five of those out in three days uh, <laughs> we, we were we were covering some ground the modern jeeper show the show about jeeps jeeping and jeepers <laughs> Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matson from Metal Cloak here, and welcome to episode number 76 of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This week, in another random show, Jesse and Corey and I catch up about food, kids in the kitchen, making it to our 76th episode, Modern Jeeper Destinations, creating content, the San Juan experience, the Alpine Loop, having off-camber discomfort, gaining confidence in your Jeep, the Poughkeepsie Wall, spotting the Bronco on the Rubicon, the history of the San Juan Triangle, and what I might name my new gladiator. And we have another great tech tip of the week, cleaning your junk, including why you should use a leaf blower to avoid a face full of dust. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters, including Worn Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, KMS Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode number 76 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, it's time for another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show with me, Matson from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, Matson. And rock star Jeep girl, Jesse. How you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm great. You know, I am I am good, too. I am, like, having a fun time, although I am, you know, for all those guys out there that follow me every once in a while, I'm in the middle of a three-day fast. So if my little bit of tongue-tied, like I seem to be today, it's probably because I'm just, you know, I'm I'm well, let me tell you the you're truth. hungry, hungry. I wasn't hungry until somebody in the office next to me had this amazingly smelling like beef bowl of something. Right. Oh, and of course it permeated into my, I mean, right now my office smells like a deli. I mean, it's just like, it just, it's amazing. It's just, I'm like, Oh, I just had to breathe it in. I think I'm like, I'm like eating food through my nose. It's just so, so I'm, I'm mentally like, what the hell am I doing with this water fast? Like I could be eating that, but then I'm not. So <sighs> yeah, screws your well, mind, man. This, this morning I woke up hungry and, and of course I'm, I'm exhausted and we'll talk a little bit about that, but I went to the fridge and I had some cheese tortellini. <laughs> yeah. I had a bite of a chicken burrito, no enchilada <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, what else was as I? There's um, um, chicken. There's was, hot dogs. There's pork loin. There's uh, yeah, all we the have things. A, we have a fridge full of food right now. So um, wow, I, I skipped breakfast, went straight into mid afternoon. 
<laughs> that's called brunch. You just had a straight up brunch. Right. Yes. Throw that's mimosa right. in there, and you've been set. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I'm proteining out. That's for sure. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's because you know, Jesse, you're quite a little cook, aren't you? I am. I love cooking. It's that makes me very happy to do. And a lot of people think that I get put out by cooking because I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, I got it. Y'all just go away. I got it. But yeah, I absolutely love cooking. Oh, that's awesome. It's you know, my I... domesticated side of me. That's the only thing that's <laughs> domesticated. The only thing. <laughs> you know, which is really weird for me because uh, literally I'm good with a hot dog. No. Like, um, that's all I really need. No. Hot dog, a can of chili. No. I'm golden. Wow. See, and I'm the cook in my house, but it's a challenge when you've got like, and there are times like I go, Louisa, can please just, just, just make dinner tonight. Cause I go do the work at the office, come home and I make dinner for everybody. Right. And uh, the kiddos. And and of course my diet is modified from, and we're just this weird household and, I, and it, and it absolutely makes no sense because my diet is completely different from Louisa's diet, which is completely different from what I feed the kids. And then if the same thing's true of the dogs, I mean, the dogs, each of the dogs have their own special diet and, and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's not a quick, Hey, I'll make dinner for everybody. Boom. Like it should be like a good Italian household. It is like, make the dinner and make this little dinner. Okay. Her is ready. And then of course I'm, I'm the housewife who, who doesn't get to sit down to their own food until everybody else is served. Then I finally sit down and eat mine. And, well, uh, and that, while I'm also feeding the baby. So <laughs> <laughs> I got handed to you though, the times that I've been over to your house for dinner, um, oh. it's pretty organized and everybody gets, I mean, you guys eat really healthy. Like everybody's, yeah. you guys are very conscious about what you eat. And I think that's really cool when, I mean, even the dogs get their own separate little meal and they're, it's, it's all good. But the kids help out very well. Sure. They do sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. They all, they all, now I, I love it. They all want to help. Right. And there are times where I'm a, I'm a great father and I'm like, Hey, you know, come in, help out. And I, and they'll help me stir that sort of thing. And there are times like, get the hell out of my kitchen. <laughs> like I got, I got 30 minutes to do this. It's done. It's already late. You know, I got to get all these things done. I'm coordinating five pans and, and yeah, you're just, just, I love you, son, but go do something else. Go do, go find your, <laughs> go find your something else to do. Yes. Yes. Go do something else. Get out. And then they just want to play in the kitchen. So then it's just the play over. Oh, why is there a truck in the middle of the kitchen? You know, why, why, why are you laying so on the, the floor? So the daddy can the, step on it and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I that's can't good. believe See, this is our 70. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, now that's all this talking is just making me more and more hungry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe this is our 76th podcast. I know. Isn't that amazing? Like the fact that we've actually done this pretty much 76 weeks in a row, actually yeah, a little bit more, but 76 weeks in a row, we've actually successfully managed to do a podcast like yeah uh, that's that's the, name something else that's that you successfully done like weekly that you intended yeah, to do, that, that you, that you set out to do something and you actually like kept with it that's some dedication and you know a lot of that goes to the folks that that listen to us that follow us that like hearing us ramble about jeeps jeeping and jeepers for a little while um <laughs> yeah it's been it's been a fun it's it, that's uh how many that's a year and a half of doing this 
Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even quite get it. Like we had, we had our 75th episode last week with Bob Sweeney of, of Jeepers Chamboree. Great episode, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. But it was, it was great. And, and that was our 75th and that's kind of a big deal. I mean, our next milestone is going to be a hundred and a hundred right. episodes. That's, there's not a lot of podcasts that make it that far. Right. Um, and for us to be having virtually, I mean, we're having a pretty good download rate right now. And, and we just appreciate everybody out there sharing it and telling others about it. And, and, uh, absolutely. You're still getting comments from people like, Hey, I heard you on the podcast and people seeing you uh, out and about. Oh, and it's, it's been interesting. And it's, it's not even folks that I would, I mean, the Jeep, that's one thing about our Jeep family is it's pretty extensive and it's folks that, well, you just see with, they just bought a Jeep and they're looking for inf- information and they're looking to be part of something. And uh, yeah, hopefully over the year and a half we've been doing this, we've thrown out some some good tech tips and some good commentary about what this whole Jeep lifestyle is about. And I mean, this has been an interesting month uh, and it just started, but July was extremely busy. August, I think, is going to be the same. And here we are. We're all still in this odd state of affairs with our country and COVID and all of that mess. Yet, you know, the trails that we've been on around in the the Western United States are full. There's a lot of people out there. And they're all looking to do the same things that we've been talking about for a year and a half. Yes. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, and and that comes down to your modern jeeper destinations. I mean, I love this new thing you're doing on at modernjeeper.com. you know, really talking about these trails and, um, and it's cool. I mean, it really is cool to give people a little bit more insight and, and a flavor of these trails and a flavor yeah. of, of, of what it's like to be out there and doing them. And it's a little different than just a description of a trail. I mean, it's actually, the imagery is amazing and, and I, I just love it. Well, and I, uh, shout out to our, our buddy, Philip Thorpe, he actually uh, created a story and it was, he, he came up with modern Jeeper destinations and that was in his title. And I said, Oh yeah, well, I'm totally stealing that. And um, <laughs> because I had, we, you know, we'd always had this idea of doing some more in-depth trail descriptions, but like you said, not so much, Hey, this is how to get there. And here's some GPS coordinates, more of a, what to expect some images from the trail and kind of that that lifestyle perspective of what it's like to go out and wheel some of these places. Um, it's there, been it's been a lot of fun. There hasn't been a whole lot of imagery. Even when I first started getting really heavy into rock crawling and doing trails, there's little snippets of pictures. There's not a whole lot of video, and it's all blown up. And I've been testing my video editing skills lately, <laughs> and I've learn that I actually enjoy it. It it gives me my artistic side. So there's a lot more to come for sure. But yeah, it's It's been been great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's helpful. I look forward to seeing some good videos from you. That's, you know, (laughs) the whole, and that's one thing from our modern jeepers, we have kind of fallen short on is our own YouTube channel. Um, because we just, it's, it's a time thing, right? Like anything, it's, it's easy to create content. It's, you know, it's, 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 takes effort to do the content that we already do. And, um, and it's easy to go out and gather content. It's hard to actually make it worth viewing. That's right. <clears throat> and, yeah. and we're not, we're not in an era anymore of, 
you know, you take your camera snippet or whatever, and it's some shaky film and you pop it up on, on YouTube and go here, you know, if you look at some of the early stuff from metal cloak, where I literally, I just, I had my phone strapped to my rear view mirror and taking a video of going up Fordyce and that was cool. Right. And a little right, music right. going on, but you can't really do that anymore. You've got it. it, it people want a quality video and the, and the level, I mean, there's some great podcasters or, and uh, videographers out there and great YouTubers out there that have just set a new standard. Right. So it's great to, to be able to do that. But we, as modern Jeeper, we pledge to you guys, all of our fans out there that we're going to start building that YouTube channel up and, That's right. uh, and entertainment we, value. <laughs> absolutely. There's just some great stuff out there and we need to share it because we have it and I've, I'm worse at it. I mean, I've, I've probably got tons of B roll, um, around that I just never got taken the time to really say, okay, tonight is the night that I'm going to do this. And that what comes down to it. That's why this podcast number 76 is such a big deal because you and I both take the time to actually make sure it happens. <laughs> right. No, and, and it's, it, it's an evolution, right? I mean, we, I look back at our first stories on modernjeeper.com and I kind of laugh. Um, some of the videos I created then, and that was, that was only three, four years ago. Um, Man, things have sure come a long way. You know, now our phones are shooting 4K and everything is just that next step. And it's an evolution. We all grow and we all change. Um, hopefully stuff's getting better <laughs> rather than going the other way. I mean, I think our our listeners and our followers know that we've also got extremely busy schedules. It's not like we have a whole team of video editors and, and producers that create this stuff. This is literally... Uh, you and I and, and a lot of stuff's done on the fly yeah. um, and, and trying to grow and make it be quality is, is sometimes a, a challenge, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's been fun and we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And everybody likes the personableness of it right. and, and live videos do a lot for certain things as well as good video contents that entertainment values that connecting with that somebody that's probably gonna, you know, like I said, I'll get some video editing. I'm, I'm getting better and better at it and I'm having fun with it. So I'm hoping to really get the YouTube mine alone, <laughs> get it up and going so that we have better content for everybody. Well, that's awesome. Looking forward to it. This whole thing, modern Jeeper thing has been, has been, as you said, a, uh, it's an evolution and we we're learning with it and that's it's, right. it's, it's been, and it's a fun, it's a fun outlet too. It's a fun chance to get out and do things and, and call it work. So I'm happy with that. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Exactly. It can be yes. some work. I, I know we were on the trail for hours on end. I'm like, Oh my God, I still, you, you still got to be on your a game on taking pictures and video snippets and, and all that stuff. And when you're 10 hours in, you're, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it is some work. So speaking of being on the trail, let's talk about your, your recent trip. Cause last week you mentioned you had some a group coming up and, and uh, you're doing the whole San Juan uh, experience, experience with them. So um, tell me about it. Yeah. So this group that came up, um, uh, some friends of ours from back East and they wanted to come out to Colorado, which they were planning this kind of a group vacation. Um, it some folks that I've wheeled with in the past. So I'm going to give a shout out to Christian, AKA Moose Peterson and his wife, Kay, who actually live in Tennessee right now, but they had put together a group of friends that wanted to come out and they were calling this event, quote unquote event, 
um, San Juan experience, kind of an internal thing, which I kind of then took hold of and said, hey, uh, I open my house. And if you guys want me to run around with you for a few days and, and Jesse and I can kind of, you know, guide your group around if you want, even though they'd been here uh, before. So we've got about seven to 10 rigs on any given day. Um, a shout out to David and his wife, Cammy, Bryce, Charles. Charles is the only one with a, a gladiator in the group. Philip, a gentleman by the name of Denver. So we, we've had this pretty cool, well-ranged group with us who I said, hey, let's you guys can drop trailers and come over to the house. Well, the first night we had about six, uh, three different groups camping in the yard at the house, some overlanding trailers, some tents, and it just worked out really, really well. Everybody gets along. There's a total of what, uh, 12 people? Yeah, around there. We've done a total of five badge of honor trails in the last three days. Wow. Uh, six trails total. We've been running pretty much from first thing in the morning until it gets dark. And are these like, and some of the stuff, like I saw a little video you sent over to me with the uh, Golden Spike, who got a little bit of a boo boo, but some of the stuff's pretty gnarly. Yeah. So we started out kind of tame. Um, there's a road, a dirt road that's very, very scenic that goes from the top of Dallas Divide, which is above Ridgeway. Uh, it's called Last Dollar Road. That road actually ends in Telluride near its airport. So Last Dollar into Telluride. Stopped, had a quick bite at, at a gas station slash market in Telluride and drove Imogene Pass uh, back over, uh, which comes out basically up above your ray. So that was day one. Day two was Black Bear, which starts up on top of Red Mountain Pass, drops down into Telluride. Same thing, had a quick bite in Telluride as we made our way up Lizard Head Pass which is uh, where Ofer Pass kind of takes off. Ofer comes back over towards Silverton, and then we drive back over Red Mountain Pass to get back into your ray. The third day was Engineer Pass to Poughkeepsie Gulch, and that video that you saw of Golden Spike, that's actually the Poughkeepsie Wall. Um, that Poughkeepsie Trail goes up to a little lake called Lake Como, and then up over California Pass to Animus Forks. From Animus Forks, we go over Cinnamon Pass to Lake City, and then Engineer Pass back to Uray, which is essentially what makes up the Alpine Loop. It's, mm. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, those passes, the elevation on those passes, Imogene's 13,100, um, California Pass is 12,960. All of those passes are extremely high elevations in the San Juan Mountains. It's, it's phenomenal scenery. Wow. Yeah. And and I saw where, you know, we we had some uh, people that had fallen off or the trail had given way um days before and I was like, you know, I, I did Imogene with Corey in Black Bear because I'm afraid of heights. And I got to do all these trails this past week. So, I'm engineer and uh Poughkeepsie was all that. <laughs> I mean, there it's rocky, very off camber, leaning towards falling off the mountain. It's wow. Wow. and they say you need to be an expert to drive, and and they're not joking. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. 
Hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. I mean, Imogene, Black Bear, Ofer, Engineer, and Poughkeepsie are all Jeep Badge of Honor trails. Yes. To knock five of those out in three days, uh, (laughs) we were... We were covering some ground. Yeah. Now everybody took the time yeah. to actually check into the app and get their badge of honor, you know, certification. I don't know. You know, we, we brought it up a couple of times and I, I think that they were pretty much on it. I think all of them were interested in getting their badges. So uh, it, it worked out really well. We never really felt rushed. Uh, you could tell by the last day coming back over engineer pass yesterday, we got back at 830 uh, mm-hmm. at night. And we'd left at about eight thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Wow! So the dust was dust was, was all that. And <laughs> so I got to know because as a new Gladiator owner, um, how did the Gladiator do? It, great. Yeah, did great. Uh, Charles <laughs> is a great driver. Um, I think he's on thirty sevens. Yeah, he's on thirty sevens. And and when we went up the wall at Poughkeepsie, everybody had to stop and watch because it was only JT out there. And everybody's like, well, we'll see. I'm thinking about getting one. We'll see how well it does. And he basically walked up everything that we all struggled on. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there's some places it has its advantage. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when he, some of the shelf roads and, and when we put up some of the images from some of these trails, when we talk about a Colorado shelf road, you know, you think about a, a pretty narrow road along the side of a mountain. Well, some of these have drop-offs on the sides that are six, seven, eight hundred feet um, off some of these shelf roads. So there was a couple of spots on Engineer where I think um, it was a little tight, and Black you know bear. he needed oh. a little bit of of some guidance. But the Jeep did phenomenally. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know my uh, my stepmom sent me a uh, uh, image on Facebook. She does every once in a while, and it was a little video, and it's and it's a Jeep going on a shelf road where it's pretty much been washed out. And so mm-hmm. you've probably seen it. It's been out there a bunch, but it it's going up and it's on the, sh- and it's, and it is like a side hill, like pretty much he's completely off camber with this giant drop on the side. And I'm looking at that going, yeah, no, thanks. I mean, when he's uh, at a 45, yeah, de- when he's at a 45 degree off camber, I, I, no, thanks. It's very unnerving. <laughs> you can hear me on the radio going, um, not liking this. You yeah, got I'm like, it, you got it. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to have that little, that little, <laughs> you know, member, uh, racer X speed racer, right. Hits the button and the, and yes. the little, the little, uh, uh, the little, uh, cable From shoots underneath. out. Yeah. Shoots out and grabs. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what I want. Right. I want that cable. Yeah. There's carrying me around. There's some yeah. spots up on, on black bear pass where we had some friends up there that were, um, a little bit behind us when we had, uh, some friends in town you know, two weeks ago, um, they were up there for a couple of days. In fact, it was the gill straps. Uh, and oh, wow. there was a, a couple of slides. They had, uh, they had shut down Red Mountain Pass. They shut down Imogene Pass. And they shut down Black, uh, Black Bear, all for mudslides and rock slides. Mm. Yeah, you know, and, and there's those guys who'll say, hey, I'm just going to go over it. That's fine. Go ahead. I'm okay with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I off camber, I don't care what it is. I mean, even some places in, in Moab, um, I remember going just, just a little bit of off camber that, that, that happens at, as you're going up, um, uh, the Z turn and at, um, at Moab rim. Oh yeah. 
you know, in my YJ. Sure. I'm like, you know, just, just that little bit of, I can't, you know, and it's, everything's fine. I mean, the guy outside the spot, you know, every, you're totally fine, but it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good. And I don't like that feeling. No. It's like, you know, and I'll get to a point where all of a sudden I'll stop and go, okay, okay. Look at my tires. Am I okay? I mean, it doesn't <laughs> feel like I'm okay. Oh yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. It doesn't feel like I'm okay. <laughs> Tell me, please. Mm-hmm. It's like when That's you, me. <laughs> when you see the pictures afterwards and you look back and you go, what was oh. I so worried about? Yep. I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. And that's where just getting yeah. used to the rig and having confidence in your rig, right? That's the big thing. You you get, especially when you have a new rig and these new Jeepers and the new new drivers or just built, it's getting that confidence. And how, how long did it take you to get total confidence in, in Golden Spike? Oh, it's still, it, I mean, seat time, <laughs> we've talked about this in the past. Seat time is amazing. And, and I still, there are still times when, Okay, well, I, I feel like this is a limit, and you know, I can have a spotter say, "No, you're really fine," and I'm like, "Really? Okay." So, you know, you we kind of get used to that, but very rarely do we do trails where we push those kind of limits, which is okay. Like I don't, I for instance, I like going downhill, you know, and I like going uphill. You know, downhill is obviously a little <laughs> bit more, and I've, I've, I'm famously, I'm famous for the guy who took his YJ, over, you know over the crack on Moab rim um, and pretty much ended up on one tire on the other side and settled down and, and gave Bob Sweeney's um, uh, significant other at the time, a heart attack <laughs> nightmares <laughs> that night. That was just bad driving because I, you know, we, we all, right. we all learn. And at sometimes we have bad driving skills and I had bad driving skills and obviously going uphill. Great. You know, it's fine. But when it's off camber, when that's that left or right, you know, it just it just doesn't feel right. I mean, I figure going uphill, you're okay. You're just going to roll backwards, right? Going downhill, right. again, you're just going to roll. But the idea of rolling sideways, especially, and I and this is where you get bad habits, right? Like I'm off camber. It's like, dude, putting your arm out the window is not going to balance you. You're no, not going to no. stop yourself with your arm seat. out the window. <laughs> you're going to lose your arm. No, and with no. the arm out. The and there's some spots on on imaging pass. I'm sorry. There's some spots on engineer pass from basically the top of the pass down to the Red Mountain side, down to Highway 550. There's it's tight, and there's some. It's going down off camber and turning sharp. It's just uncomfortable. And when you're leaning towards uh, a side that's exposed, in other words, there's no trees there to, to stop you. And you just kind of look through the passenger window as you're making that hard left-hand turn, leaning out kind of, yeah, I don't know if you can ever get over that feeling. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just not something, it's not a place you want to be. And right. there's quite a bit of that up there. But once you realize that, yeah, our rigs are pretty stable. Um, again, it's that whole seat time thing. Seat time, seat time, seat time. Right. Well, you know, we were on Modern Jeeper Adventure Death Valley and, you know, and I, I almost drove off the side of the hill. (laughs) Um, And and part of, part of what the reason why I wanted other guys when we strapped the side and we actually had a couple of guys hanging on the side of the rig as I was backing up and being pulled by you was that, again, that off camera thing. Like, no, I just, I I don't, it's, I'm there, I'm looking down the side of the hill, one wrong move, I'm going down. And, um, I just felt more mentally comfortable for me to take every other precaution I could. 
even though well, you I mean, kept saying, "You're okay, you're okay, you're okay." I'm like, man, man. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel okay. You, you brought okay. up you you brought up a good point though. It's things can go wrong so fast, and I, you know, I we were with this large group. We got to the Poughkeepsie Wall, which is kind of one of those harder obstacles in the San Juans. If if not, I mean, it's the, the obstacle in the San Juans. It is. And there's three different lines to that wall. The the far right is there, and they're all challenging, and they're all a little odd. They don't you don't feel right on any of them. The the far left is a steep rock face. The middle is a rock V notch, <laughs> and the right is some off camber kind of dirt climbs that are just not comfortable. And we when we got to the the wall. There was, oh, I don't know, oh, a handful, half a dozen. At least 20. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was a lot of people that were just kind of parked below it, Going, sitting there looking at it. Yeah. Um, and I'd been up there a number of times. So I hopped out and I said, okay, who's next? You know, I'll help you guys get up this thing. And I spotted a few, few Jeeps through and they didn't struggle at all. And everybody was happy. And um, our group, you know, we got everybody through and, and it, it was split probably 50 50 of the right side versus the left side. And I'd been up the V notch before uh, in the past in, in my, in my TJ, I did not have golden spike up there, but it, it's also changed. You know, it's just like any obstacle anywhere every year because of runoff and rocks moving and things like that, things become different. So I thought I'd, you know, I wasn't trying to show off. I just knew that I could drive through that V notch and, uh, yeah, I think there's some rocks missing <laughs> up in the top of it. And it got bound up and it literally I I just I wasn't going to be able to get it. And once the tire started to slip a little bit, I fell off that wall and got into the rear corner of Golden Spike a little bit. But you know, it's you know, and and Moose was spotting me and and again, shout out to to Christian cuz he he felt super super bad and it it happens. It just happens. I could feel it sitting in the seat. Like I know that it's, it's not climbing. It's if it spins, I'm going to come off the wall, which it did. But you know what? We back out, we climb up the left side and we continue with our day. And it's just, it's those little instances and moments where you replay them in your head and you think, what could I have done different? How did it feel? I felt fine. I never felt like I was going to you know, fall off the earth or anything. But again, that whole seat time thing, I also feel a little bit more comfortable with Golden Spike in, in those situations where, okay, it's starting to bind up. You know what? Stop. When it's bound up, you're, you're not going to go anywhere and something's going to break. So you can back out of those things and get yourself resituated in position. Yeah. And that's, that is, that's good advice because. You know, I, I was thinking about it as you're talking about that. You know, I, I'm looking at the obstacles I've gone up over time, and and for the most case, they're not ones where you have to totally commit, right? right. Meaning that there's some places you've seen some people do obstacles where you know you've got to commit. I mean, you, there's no way you're not stopping and backing up. You just you just right. you just go for it, and right. and you know and. And I was thinking about it going, have I ever, I don't think I've ever actually done one where it's like that. Like it is a go, 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 get on the gas, go for it. And if anything starts slipping, you just better hope you can drive out of it. Right, um, right. You know, but you're looking at what you do with, with, with golden spike and, and just the wheeling out there. I don't know. I guess I'm reminiscing a little bit because once again, 
you guys are out having fun and I'm sitting here stuck in front of four screens and a keyboard. <sighs> <laughs> well, and again, like Jesse said, um, it's, we love, I love to be on the trail. She loves to be on the trail. It's part of what modern Jeepers all about. And all of the people in the industry that we work with and we wheel with, it's what we love to do. But I will tell you, and, and I know it sounds, it sounds horrible. It is work because everywhere I go, and and we're, we're, we always are looking at, I look at things differently. Mm-hmm. Every time I take a picture, I yes. envision of what it would look like in social media or how can this help any of the people that, that uh, have helped me out over the years. To do an event where, like this group we've had out, the San Juan Experience, I can so see this becoming a modern Jeeper adventure. I think that people would really, really enjoy it as much as... As much as we enjoyed Death Valley, uh, I think the San Juans are an amazing, amazing area with the mining and the history, the scenery, the trails. Um, it's stunning. It's stunning. But I, again, so now this is day four and I am so in recovery mode. <laughs> yeah. We've got stuff to, to, to clean, do. to wash, to, you know, at the end of three days of beating your, your Jeep pretty, pretty hard. You've got to, you've got to take care of it. They Mm -hmm. need TLC and it's not like we can just, you know, you just can't keep beating on something, expecting it to perform. Right. Right. Well, you've got so much content too, between the two of you, so much, they just went out and did a photo shoot yesterday. We took five rigs up um, to the Rubicon, the bowl, the Rubicon specifically for a photo in our, our boardroom. Um, You know, if you come into the front of metal cloak, there's this big, big um boardroom there glass wall and all that kind of stuff and and we want to put we're putting five like five foot tall images on the back wall and each one's oh, nice. of, of, a, of a jeep so it's it was um the old yj that we've had here forever um and uh then the tj the white tj and then um the red jk big red jk and the red uh, jl and the red jt and so all of those went up on the trip. I, I didn't go. There was plenty of other drivers and stuff and people wanting to go out for the day um, and got a bunch of photos, right? Well, it's really just comes down to five photos, but the amount of collateral, the amount of photos <laughs> right. taken, the amount, the amount of work it's going to take to choose those five photos and then get them ready and then get them done and all the other possible collateral out of it. it, it it's, it's almost, it's amazing how with our unlimited storage devices that we have now, pretty much how much we do take. And how much we just yeah, simply very go true. and now you spend an hour, two hours just sorting through stuff and figuring out what's worth it and what's crap, you know, and then, oh, then yeah. that doesn't include the production value. That include like how you're going to implement it and use it. Um, it's just, hey, right. it, that's the work. <laughs> and you never I mean, know. Yeah. You never know what you're going to come away with. And we, I've gotten into the habit. I mean, even these last few days, I took my drone with me, um, we were on the trail for literally 36 hours. I put my drone up once for about, I don't know, eight minutes mm-hmm. in 36 hours. <laughs> wow. And, and again, you know, you come home with all that footage and I don't know how many images we, between Jesse and I, what we captured, what, what Moose and, and the rest of the folks captured. I could process stuff just from the last three days for probably three Months. weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wow. we still, we, you know, we, everything starts to stack up, especially when we're, we're busy like we have been, even though we're not doing a lot of these larger events, we still have 
trail rides and events that we've been attending and all of that that footage starts to build up and then you start to lose track and heavens i know that even for scott becker and and the video team out there you haven't if you have an hour of footage that's probably a minute and a half video i mean it's it's just incredible how much editing comes yes. off right. of that yes right and it, and the, a gazillion times back and forth back and forth yeah. And, it, and it, yeah, it takes it takes a week to two weeks sometimes to do that little minute and a half or two minute video, just, just yeah. right. coming up with a story and how to do it and how to process it. And of course, all of our stuff is so overproduced with, and I, I say that affectionately, but all the different graphics now that we're doing and in, in the 3D stuff, we got a guy up there that Wes that just like thrives on the 3D stuff. And so he gets into does the graphics and does all the, the enhancements and um, and that is just, you know, just turns that basic video into something really special, but it's well, hours and, and hours takes. of work. Right. Mm -hmm. We've started, you know, I use that relive app and we've talked about that. And I think in a couple of modern Jeeper stories, even <sighs> so um, good, it is so good and it's so easy. And, but uh, even again, so all of a sudden I hop in my Jeep and I'm running three different devices. I'm recording on two and. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just to keep stuff charged and keeps track of what days I recorded, what they, it's, it's quite a handful, but something like relive that is such a, an easy downloadable thing. You press record, you go out and you take some pictures. It pretty much does stuff for you. So other than if you want to make it custom and, and include your own music and things like that, but it, it does such a good job of of letting you relive the day's events. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, just to be able to see all that stuff and then stop and do little videos and 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 really to be able to see where you've gone. And that's that's so cool. And, and I'm really excited about the about the Bronco and the feature the Bronco has and its built-in maps. <laughs> I mean, that'll be uh, interesting. That'll be well, and, I saw and some I, stuff on that today. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there was, there was people saw it out at the Rubicon sitting at Lake Tahoe at some hotels and they were pretty beat up. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've got pretty beat up. I'm out sure there. you've seen it. So the guys, well, the guys, I know the guys from here, a couple of guys ran up to the Rubicon trying to see if they could track it down last yeah. week uh, when they were heading up and they knew they were going to be up there. And, and of course we were on loon side and they went in, you know, it was, we could have predicted they, they, you know, they're all staying at the hotels and Tahoe side and sure. they went in the Tahoe side. But yeah, I mean, everybody's seen the images. We'll share them out there as well. But they they got pretty beat up. The bumpers yes. are a, seem to be a little low. <laughs> so they they were uh, pretty mangled. <laughs> which is interesting because I don't know where they went. Um, if right. they went in Tahoe side, there's there's other than there's a couple of spots heading in um, that can be it can be a little gnarly. But for the most part, you know, going down Cadillac, there's nothing really that's going to tear into your rig that much unless you just don't really know what you're doing. Um, and I could see one particular area where there's some dugout rocks and it's, it's hard to get through and you can get hung up, um, and possibly, you know, hit your bumper and stuff. And then, so then this into the Springs. So then I wonder if they actually went past the Springs and, and started going up. Cause once you go past the bridge, that's where you really start seeing all the real bad stuff, you know, the real torn up trail now. Right. For sure. So, for sure. Um, so I just, I just wondering where they went to, to do that damage. Well, and, and I think some of the comments on some of those images were that maybe their drivers weren't as experienced as they needed to be. <laughs> right. Possibly. You know? And who was, who was guiding them on that trip too. Right. It, and then, true. And true. if you look at, uh, 
Well, you know, you see it even with Jeep. What do they usually do? A lot of times they'll take the engineers, throw them in the rigs that they just built and said, here, go out and, and see, you know, what it does. And, and so it's an right. opportunity for guys that built it to go out and play with it. I don't know if they brought a film and crew with them, if this was all, you know, trying to build some imagery like Jeep does when they're out here and build some collateral advertising, or if it was just a chance to go out and, and play on the Rubicon with their brand new rigs and get, you know, get a little bit more social media cred, but um, but overall, well, they I look fine. That, um, yeah, I know that Jeep in the past they will bring out those engineered rigs that these these might not even be production vehicles at all, where right. they're just kind of put together with the skins on them, and it's the engineers doing a whole bunch of testing to see what they need to change before they release. Right, them. Mm-hmm. right. And what do they call them? They call these like pre-production models or 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 no yep. number models. Yep. Yeah. So they yeah, there's no. And, uh, They'll just crush them when they go back. Exactly. VIN numbers. And, and in the past, you know, some companies can actually get access to those and use them to play with and stuff and then turn around and have to turn them in. And and after a year, right. so they get all crushed mm-hmm. and disappear from the annals of of <laughs> Jeep Hood or in this case, Bronco Hood. I don't know. I'm excited to get to sit in one. And, and uh, they one of our guys here saw them. He actually had recently gone up to Reno um, to pick up a uh, a hard top rack it's 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 a it's a rack that will take your hard top off and it also has some shelves and stuff so and it's for his yj okay. so he he just he wanted he bought this little rack system and and it was available up in reno some guy had it so he drove there his truck and picked it up and on his way he saw the semi truck with the three um black broncos on the back and his comment interestingly enough was they were bigger than they thought he thought they would be they seemed bigger so it's kind of wow. interesting. I wonder if SUV size, I mean, looking at those photos, I can't really tell uh, if it's just the same dimensions of a Jeep or maybe they're a little bit bigger or I don't know. But he said that he just, they, looking at them now, he drives a YJ and and who knows, but if you compare a JK to a four-door Bronco, I'm just wondering, you know, what if they're, uh, if they're about the same or if they're wider. Partly they're wider because obviously the wheels are encapsulated under. You don't have the the, the flare sticking out, the plastic flare, so the body sure, would be wider. Sure. But yeah, just be interesting. Well, and if they if they took any hints, um, which uh, it sounds like they are from the Raptor, um, we actually had a Raptor with us uh, one day. Uh, yeah, the very first um, day. Imogene and um, and um, Black wow. dollar. Yeah, he he didn't want to take the Raptor over Black Bear, and I wouldn't want to either (laughs) (laughs) but you know that's a very that's a very wide vehicle so you know if they took the front end off a raptor and kind of put it on the bronco why wouldn't they use that same platform that's a that's a pretty wide rig for sure and the raptor did great i thought even up some of those steep little climbs we had on imogene like rocky rough had to pick your line steep grades that he did great i was wow yeah yeah Huh. Is a is a Raptor four wheel drive? Yes. Yes. Really? I did not know that. Just presumed mm-hmm. it was like, you know, pre runner style two wheel drive, but it's a full four wheel no. drive. Yeah. I'm sure it's nice. an option to have a four wheel drive versus two or Can something like that. Those? Yeah. Yeah. Learn something new every day. That's what I try <laughs> to do. And most of the time if I learn something from Corey or Jesse, I feel like a better man. Ah, <laughs> so well let's 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 so you let's talk about one of those actual trails, like choose one of them and, and um, on that trip and let's just kind of describe what, 
what somebody gets in this. Because the reason I'm saying this, guys, is we have an idea over at Modern Jeeper Adventures, and we're going to be talking about this. But I want you all to get a little taste of, of what one of these trails are like. Like, what what do you? Is it a combination of just of just dirt and rock, or is it? How would you equate it to the Rubicon? I mean, choose one of these trails and just tell our listeners what they're what they're like. Well, out of out of this group of six, I mean, Black Bear is kind of the most notorious, uh, but, but really, <laughs> notorious. It's, it's just because of its its heights. It's the height, and it's sharp turning. There's only a couple of bad spots. But, I agree, but it's really it's really more scenic. I mean, the scenery is straight up out of a movie that you just can't imagine. When the wildflowers are in bloom. You're at this incredible elevation. You go far above tree line and then back down into where trees grow again. And then you get to come down over the city of Telluride, which is 4,000 feet to the valley floor from the top of the pass. Yeah. It's it's 4, breathtaking. Wow. 4,000 feet. Yeah. And the turn to go down is when you're sitting on top looking at it. I literally thought I was going to throw up me driving when I was riding with Corey, the first time I went over, it didn't bother me as bad, but when I went to drive until you get up to it, you're like, okay, this really isn't that bad. You just kind of have to watch the edge. But other than that, it's not really super bad off camber. It just looks bad from afar. Yeah. It's one of those places that maybe the photos, make it look even worse than it actually yes. is. Um, but you know, Madsen really, as far as, I don't know if there was a, if there was a trail up there that kind of encapsulated what the San Juans are about, it's, it's really more, more along that engineer pass mm -hmm. kind of place or, or even uh, up through Poughkeepsie The the mining in this area, uh, of course, Red Mountain Pass that it, that's the pass between Uray and Silverton over Highway 550. That's the million dollar highway. That's the pass that Otto Mears constructed in the started building late 1800s. Um, you know, Colorado didn't become a state until 1876. So oh, wow. the silver boom, the silver boom was crazy. But when the silver boom fell apart, um, it, all these mines basically shut down and, and folks walked away from these mines because there just wasn't any more money to extract out of them. Or they were in such a bad place that you couldn't get the ore from the mine to either the mill or the smelter or whatever they were trying to wherever they were trying to take it. So the San Juan Triangle consists of Lake City, Uray, and Silverton. So all of these trails are are all uh, in between these three towns, and they were all historic mining areas. Animus Forks, which is kind of in between the three was kind of a centralized little mining village and a lot of structures still exist. So the, the historical uh, education just from traveling through these areas is crazy. It's, it's so much more than just the wheeling aspect and just climbing over rocks and beating your rig up. It's about getting that photo and capturing that image of, being at 13,000 feet uh, and watching the sun go down over some, some red ore mountains that are, it's just, it's just majestic. It's wow. Yeah. yeah. Just wow. hundreds of people 
in these little mining towns having lunch and reading the plaques and they had um what is it the society of the people that rebuild some of the structures that are there oh yeah there was actually some or, yeah, yeah there was a down. there was a group of people doing some restoration on one yeah. of the old cabins um Again, with that, the fact that we can preserve some of that, the fact that some of these places still exist with the winters that they still have up in those in those high elevations is crazy. It's again, it's one of these places that you just have to experience, and if it's not on everybody's, it should be on every jeeper's bucket list. Yes, hmm. and and there's tons of people in town. I think a lot of people this year took advantage of coming out here because there are thousands of people out here. And my takeaway from the trails of doing it, like I said, I love the black aspect of the scenery and it is the height thing, but engineer pass, I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed on how gnarly it was even going to Poughkeepsie. Wow. Um, it's serious stuff. And if you are not a good driver and don't know what you're doing, I wouldn't suggest going out there especially at it alone because it 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 literally i was very impressed with the amount of rock crawling and off camber off the side of a mountain looking down to your death how <laughs> what, what a way to it, sell it the event I, was, I even asked him before i went i'm like this isn't like black bear is it we're not going to be hanging off the side of a mountain i'm going to throw up he was like no it, it's there's some rocky spots but i didn't expect it to be that crazy and it wow. is wow so and the people you... that took their full size pickups out there i don't know how they did it <laughs> i don't know yeah that's neat so Corey, before you were saying that a little bit of uncle dell rubbed out on you out on you and you uh yes you, you, you came mr um well because you've lived out there how long so I've been on the Western Slope for like 40 years, but you know, it's funny. I've not spent a whole lot of time in my own backyard. And mm. uh, of course I was asked by one of the folks in our group, uh, Cammie said, you know, you're just like an encyclopedia, you know, and I, it's kind of interesting what we pick up from just doing the trails over the years, but I'm going to give up one of my secrets uh, and this plays along into Uncle Dell's uh, hand and hanging out with him. Each one of these nights, I was coming back and I was getting into my books and my guidebooks and my trail books and trying to find real data and real stories and, and of the area that would be kind of entertaining. And I learned a lot. And I think the people that we were with enjoyed it. And I, I don't know, it's it's kind of funny to have your eyes opened in your own backyard. Yeah. I think a lot of us do that. I think a lot of us forget what we have around us, you know, yes. being here in Sacramento, it's like, yeah, it's Sacramento. I've kind of grown up around here, you know, it's fine. But people from all over the world that come to this town and, and come to old Sacramento and, and, uh, and go to the Capitol and do a tour of the Capitol and all those other parts of this, of the city. And um, it's, we kind of forget what we have in our own backyard on a wheeling side. I can't ever forget the Rubicon cause it's always here, but you know, I always, I do forget that we have Fordyce, you know, which is another world-class trail. Right. Right. And there's some other great trails around here into the South and to some of the other, you know, um, and the doozy trail and, and some others that are just incredible places to go wheeling. 
Um, and you're always trying to go to that other place and forget that, wow, you take a stop and just, just go to your own backyard and, and just enjoy what's around you. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be awesome to go. Obviously it's going to be a, uh, one where it'll be a modern Jeeper event, but it probably won't be for any stock rigs or any newbies. Um, and, but it, I think we should have a, a great time doing, doing something out in, out in Colorado. Oh, me too. And there's, there's so many areas that we can go. And we had, we had a couple of folks who didn't want to do black bear. Uh, you know, if you're, if heights bother you, that's not the place you want to, you want to be. <laughs> and I forced myself to do it. Yeah. I had to get myself to do it. So, so again, you can, you can opt out. And so they didn't do black bear and they ran around and, and did the, you know, there's so, there's so many tourist tr- attractions around it with your mm. and Telluride. Um, you can spend more time than even, I think today they were all ready for a break and I think they're spending the day at the lake. Uh, yeah. They're, they're taking <laughs> the a breather out. for sure. Yeah. At the lake, there's a lake in there. Where, where's your, uh, where, what's... Ridgeway Reservoir is uh-huh. in between us. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So it sounds great. Sounds a great opportunity. Besides the fact that I'll finally get to go out and, and hang out at your house for a little bit Absolutely. Um, and get some yes. of Jesse's amazing cooking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then I can head over to Colorado Springs where I have, uh, an uncle who lives out there and, uh, yes. which, that's where your dad lives, right? Uh, no, actually he's much closer. He's on this side of the, the mountain. He's just oh, about okay. 45 minutes from me. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And then we got our old buddy, uh, Tim Carlson that lives up North. And so, yeah, I could make a, make a Colorado trip out of it. And, uh, definitely, be, you should so, definitely plan that. Should I bring the gladiator or just, uh, or just big, uh, the big JK? Either way. I mean, uh, I, fine. I think that if you had the gladiator, you'd be amazed at where you could take it and, and we'd keep you safe. We wouldn't hurt it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that'd be good. Yeah. The wife would be upset if there's any scratches on it just yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> scratches on metal cloak products just, are totally I'm okay. Just... Uh, nothing That's else. Right. And yeah, I'm, I'm already, I'm still trying to figure out the whole color scheme for it. I think I'm going with kind of a, an 80% gray on everything that would normally be black. I've got some uh, garrison wheels coming from black rhino and, and I, I, you know, we're always been raceline everything, but I wanted a particular look. So uh, my buddy Ryan over at black rhino hooked me up with some garrison wheels, um, which have, nice. you know, and, and raceline is a supporter of this event. And we have, you know, and, and I've run raceline on all my rigs, but I just wanted a little different look and the garrisons kind of have that more rugged kind of Humvee look to them, which is kind of funny because of how I'm going to set it up just to have these wheels that look that stood out a little differently. Um, and, uh, and of but course, did you I, decide on your color scheme yet? Well, that's the thing is I think I'm going with an 80. I didn't want to do, I, I kept playing off the blue and I kept playing off some other colors, but I think I'm going to keep it simple and go with this 80% gray. And it's a, it's a really good, deep, almost like a blue gray. Um, okay. and, and, uh, Scott Arts did it on his, uh, on his silver JK. So you've seen the color mm-hmm. Corey, cause you've seen his, his, yeah. his JK. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Will did it on his wheels for his, um, JL. And so I'm thinking of the bumpers, the rocker, the rocker I'm using, I'm going to put the Overland rockers on this one. Um, just because it's not really planned to be a wheeler, but I probably will change those out if I end up going up to. Sounds like if I'm going to, to play with you, um, uh, but to be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah to be fine. Okay, so I'm going to do the uh, so the rocker itself will be that, and probably the rocker exoskins will be the gray, and then 
the rocker flip step, the, the actual, st- I'll keep that powder coated black just in case, you know, and get it scratched up and a little bit easy to touch up rear bumper. Sure. Same thing. Do it. Um, next week, the tub gets line X cause the model I got didn't have a, it didn't have the coated tub, but it's going to get line X, but I'm line Xing it orange. So it's going to match. I'm just oh, doing it color matched. Nice. Cool. Um, I just like having the orange bed. I was kind of, I started looking around and I was wondering if anybody made a faux wood, like, liner for your for the your bed because it'd be kind of cool to to have like that would the, be interesting i like yeah. that look but oh, I, I know it, it <laughs> obviously it's not going to work and it'd get all beat up but i was like right that might be interesting this but anyway just a tro- a show truck <laughs> yeah exactly that's why i said faux you know the real stuff is there but you know right. just having fun with it and, and trying to design what i want the rack to be like in the back and uh and stuff so it's it's, it's just been fun but here's here's the other dilemma so now I'm actually thinking about, even though we make fenders and I love our fenders and I, I will put our fenders on eventually, I was thinking about just going with the cut fender look. Like, and because I have the color matched fenders, right? Oh, and I, right. I, I paid like, you know, 600 bucks extra because right. that's all the only option that was available for me with that particular Rubicon. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about going with the cut fender look. And we have a fender bracket and, and, uh, which we're coming out. And even if we don't come out with our fender bracket, um, you know, there's a couple great ones out there that are really nice and clean, like American adventure labs, shout out to right. him, make some clean stuff. Um, so I was thinking about doing that as a cut fender front and rear temporarily and, and just trying that for a little while before I actually went with doing the full on metal cloak fenders. Well, I think as long as you keep, you got to keep the light. And, and, and I think that that's a, that's kind of a a given. And I know a lot of folks are over it. They're like, they don't care about the JL or the JT light, but I think that's what makes those models a little bit different when you see them coming down the road. It's easy to recognize. Absolutely. You need to reach out to reach out to Brit at uh, American Adventure Labs and I'll bet he can hook you up. Yeah. I'll give him a call. Cause it's, it's, I think I'm going with that look. I just, I like it. And he, he has a sweet system. You know, he has the full on led that goes, that wraps around the, uh, the um, edge of the the fender and, and it's nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we have our fenders with our led built into them and, and they're working really well. And, um, will, will has a yeah. prototype. Will has a prototype of our, uh, bracket that we didn't make, but it's one of these questions. Are we really going to go into production on it? Right. We have lots of stuff that we prototype that we test and we decide whether or not we're going to go to production with it or not. And if we do, I'll end up sure. using that. But for now, just, just think it, but just, just trying that doing the, keeping those color fenders, or if I can actually get any, if there's any aftermarket for it, I don't know if anybody's going to buy those or not. You know, uh, somebody maybe has a different rig, like a gray rig or something like that. And wants to throw orange fenders on. Sure. Why not? Right. There you go. Why not? Why That's not? Right? You'd be surprised. So, so I think I'm going with that. So it's not. It's not the. I was thinking about uh, a deep blue, like an ocean blue. You, we had talked about that, and of course, you know, you were advocating purple. Um, and yeah. it, but I, I think I'm I'm going back to a conservative look, which again is, and remember, uh, my wife's a lot more conservative about color and variation and style than I am. I would go for it and just go, why not dive headfirst into it? But, you know, I've, I've got to make sure the wife is happy too and that she likes what we did with it. And, and, uh, and she's, yeah, you don't want it. I mean, at the end of the end of the day, you don't want it to look like a clown car. 
<laughs> right, right. It's already going to have a few decals on it and stuff like that. So, you know, so I'm playing with it. So what are you going to uh, name it? Uh, you know what? Um, the color is pumpkin. <laughs> and somebody came by the other day and was sitting next to me. I was looking at it and goes, um, it, it's the great pumpkin. And the whole Charlie Brown yeah. thing. So I was, yep, yep. I, I was playing off of it, just like calling it the great pumpkin and, um, and doing that whole Charlie Brown thing. I mean, having a little Charlie Brown you know, logo is, or it's Linus that is the one that's into the great pumpkin. So, um, right. so I, I, so I don't know, maybe I can just call it Linus. Just give him a name, Linus. You, there you go. <laughs> you can call, so, call it GP. You can just G- call it GP. 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 What's yeah. GP stand for? Great pumpkin. Great pumpkin. <laughs> It's my my JT JTGP JTGP yeah your GPJT JT JTRGP should that be my license plate JTRGP yeah yeah so yeah so there's a interesting there yeah so we got playing off that and although somebody came up with a great name our buddy Martin and we uh for the big aluminum two uh, project, the modern Jeeper truck project that we're working on. Yes. Uh, yes. That big one that eventually will actually get some work on it. It's been you know, a little slow going since we've been so busy around here, but right. uh, he went, he said he called it and this was just off of a whim, the illuminator. Oh, the illuminator. I like it. It is. It's kind of catchy, right? You know, it, it, is. Comes, it is. It's, it's like, yeah, I, I kind of like the illuminator. So I think that might be the name for it. Um, no, I'm kind of excited for that thing to be done. It's you, you know, pretty cool. You can uh, put is. a bunch of lights on it and call it the Illuminator. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, every once in a while, the police department reaches out to us. We just built a, a rig for Placer County Sheriff, and and uh, we we helped the guys up in uh, one of the Northern Californians, I think Shasta County. Uh, with their uh, search and rescue JT that they got. And, um, and but the local Citrus Heights Police Force got a, a grant to do an F-150. And it is it is built for kids. So it is like it has the grumper everything. I mean, it's just like it's, it's not the style oh, that I would like. <laughs> We've kind of been working with sure. them on it, and they're going to get some other guy you know, doing the build and stuff. But it was just cool you mentioned that because it's got a lot of lights in fact he came and he said this quote is going to change because he has six rock lights but he wants 12 on it now <laughs> so oh, and i'm sure definitely the illuminator yeah i yeah I'm, i think he's got lights so he's going to put lots of different colors on those or something i don't know but yeah it'll be fun for the kids it's a it's an anti-vaping or a vaping awareness rig is is what they built oh gotcha so you know because cool. Vaping is bad, guys. I mean, come on. Smoking's bad. Vaping's bad. Anything you put in your lungs. Heck, our air is bad for us. So you know, be, <laughs> yeah. be Stop smart. Breathing. Be good. Stop breathing. Stop breathing. Yes. That's right. So we were talking about tech tip, and uh, we kind of touched on it briefly, and then I kind of jumped away from it. But yeah. you you guys kind of experienced after all this run. What was the number one thing, Jesse, you said uh, when you got back from the run? Is the squeaking and the rubbing <laughs> and all of the dust of the dust? So the tech Inside, tip of the week. Outside, vents. <laughs> so this tech tip of the week yeah. this week is clean your junk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I mean, we've all done it, and the longer we're on the trail, especially if it's dusty and dirty, uh, if we're out there for a number of days, 
you even though you could probably go into a hotel and take a shower and get back in your Jeep the next day, for some reason we still we still feel filthy, dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that has come up in the last couple of days is you know after being three days in the dirt and the rock and and hauling stuff in and out of our Jeep. When you start washing it off, you also notice things like if something's loose, jam nuts, any bolts, hoses. Uh, you know, you, we've all done it. We get in that that mode where we haven't turned the vents and the fan on inside the Jeep and we've been in the dirt for three days. You oh, get in, yeah. you turn that fan on high and you get that nice <laughs> face full of dirt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. And junk that's been in your uh, defroster for a while. Uh, that's always fun. So I actually have a, I have a leaf blower that I use <laughs> for pretty much, well, everything. I use it to clean out my garage. I use it to clean out the driveway, the sidewalks. Well, I also turn it on the inside of the rig. Yeah. And is that the Toro? blow that dirt. What's that? Yeah. Is the Toro? Is it the Toro that you? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. that's the one yep. that you recommended I get. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, use that I use mean, the leaf blower on your rig to get rid of the dust. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's yeah, awesome. I blow the interior. I blow it through the vents. I blow it through the defroster everywhere. And I, it's a you know you open both doors and you open the back and you just blow all the dirt out of it and then you can go vacuum and clean, clean it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. A mess. So that's <laughs> so yeah because everybody we all forget that we all forget that when you get off the trail even on even doing the Rubicon Trail or anything you've had your AC on or you've gone through and. And you get home and I've done it, drive home, park. I just want to get in a shower, go through next mm-hmm. day, load the kids and the family up into the Jeep, turn it on. Yeah. The wife gets a face full of dust. You know, she, she doesn't look <laughs> quite the same look and I don't like that, that. Yeah. So, um, that's, that is great idea. She just turn on your AC, blow out the, the vehicle with the dust, but you get it everywhere. Mud too. I, you know, it's always interesting to me is because, you know, metal cloak suspensions were, they're notoriously quiet. And I don't care whose joints, it's kind of funny being out on the trail and most of them start squeaking the first day and uh, all the guys running around with our lifts and metal cloak stuff on them, you know, you don't hear it until the third day. But even as with a sealed type of joint, dust gets in between the springs and Mm -hmm. on the shock shafts and getting some water underneath it and, and hosing that stuff out. And I'm not talking about like using a pressure washer and like five minutes and okay, I got everything wet. Mm-mm. No, I, I typically run a pressure washer for like 15 minutes and then it's clean enough to like really wash it. Right. So a lot of that dirt just, it, it doesn't come off. It doesn't come out. So I take a brush and soapy water, get it underneath there and hit everything as best I can with a brush and soapy water and then use a pressure washer or go to a car wash and, and rinse the rest of it off. That dirt just impregnates itself into surfaces and causes havoc. So, But do you ever notice that it runs and rides better after you wash something? Absolutely. It's the same way. <laughs> Even on your engine, you've got dust, mud, and I get all the questions all the time. Well, my stuff's overheating. Do you play in the mud? Well, yeah. Well, it's like, well, ask me how much I've spent cleaning mud and repairing mud through the radiator, you name it, engine compartment. It's just people don't think about cleaning their radiator out either at all, even if it's just dust. 
it still accumulates in there, it gets in the radiator and your stuff starts overheating. And no one thinks about that. That's right. Yeah, that's interesting because you 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 don't think about all the places. Everybody knows, like, you know, you go you you go through a mud pit or something like that. Well, you know, it's not I done that once. I did that once in the YJ because I think I had my nephews with me and it was like, let's go it's through fun. the mud, let's go through the mud pit at Prairie City. And I just did that, right? Yeah, six months later, I was still finding mud chunks coming out of the frame and other places after doing oh, cleaning. Yeah. And I and I thoroughly washed it. I mean, I thoroughly washed it and there was still mud coming out. Well, that yeah. gets into stuff. I mean, that that can really destroy things. You know, fortunately, metal cloaks joints are pretty much a sealed joint because, you know, there's no moving parts in there. And and so um you, you for the most part, you can clean it out and it's going to be fine. You don't get like some of the other joints out there on your suspension. If you have a, a curry uh. system or a rock jock system, or you have a, you have any others that have, you get mud and dirt in there. It will like, it's going to act like sandpaper and all those little micro motions. Oh, I... when you are driving down the hill. That most micro vibrations driving down the road, just tear that apart. Yeah. And, back in when I first built spike back in the day, I actually, and no, no, Nothing bad to say about the joints. They held up very well, but I had ballistic joints uh, in Spike initially. And literally a, every year I'd have to take every arm off and clean out those joints. And it was horrible, the amount of grit. And it, like you said, Masson, and that's, it's just like sandpaper inside there and squeaky. Oh my goodness. I was embarrassed to drive the thing around because it was sounding like it was just going to come apart all the time. Wow. Yeah, that's well. I'll go back to that story of you and I driving on the trail uh, up on uh, Winter Fun Fest, and and there, you know, we heard the squeaking and squeaking going on. It turns out it was somebody else's suspension, not ours. But that's right. You, you don't who who wants to drive in something that squeaks like that? Ah. You know, my race jeep was that way. My race jeep used to squeak all the time. In order to keep it from squeaking, we basically, as part of race prep just soaked the joints, right? Sprayed so much WD-40 on them that so that when I was driving through the pits, everyone wasn't looking at me because you trying to pit <laughs> I, And I used to think it was just that this is an old, you know, 1978 CJ and just the rig itself was squeaking. But no, it was just the hind joints we had on the, on the control arms. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. No fun. You being that mm-hmm. guy, everybody's looking at you like, Oh, it's that old bucket yeah. of rigs. How's that going to do on the trail? Yeah. Here he comes. <sighs> so, so ultimately our tech tip just comes down to taking care of your rig, washing it, yep. cleaning it, and just remembering that mate, that cleaning and washing. And, and let's take it a next step. You guys are talking about dust, but you go across the country in wintertime, you know, we're, we're going to be seeing wintertime again soon, right? That's right. And what happens in wintertime? People throw all the salt on the ground. We had a case in it with a, with a, a customer who had his rig built at a shop in one part of the country and drove to the other part during the winter. Um, and you went through some towns and the, in the towns they had that awful salt stuff on the ground, right? The liquid that they're using now yep. that will eat through everything. And that splashes onto the undercloaks, right? Well, the gold will go away. Yeah, sorry guys, but the gold That's is right. not a not a not a powder coated finish. It's a it is a chemical process that creates that gold. And um, if you don't keep it clean and clean that stuff off, it other chemicals can eat away the gold. Your zinc is still there. Your zinc isn't gone, but the 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 chemical process that created the gold chromate will disappear and go away. Now, whether it's on your control arms That's or whatever. Right. 
So keep your rig clean. Rust, the same thing. I mean, if you're in some parts of the country, man, you've got to keep stuff constantly clean and dry or else it's going to rust. So Well, I've your- got made fun of because I get underneath my Jeep and shine up all the gold and make sure all the dirt and all the crap is off of it. And we have mag chloride out here too. And they've been hmm. spraying a bunch of that. So yeah, I get made fun of why are you under there shining? Well, we can see your gold coming. I said, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good uh well it seems like another great episode what do you guys think yeah yes. absolutely anything else you want to throw out there i don't think so i hope everybody's doing well staying safe staying healthy isn't affected by this whole mess still after you know ever however many months it's been um yeah look forward to seeing everybody on the trail and maybe some kind of normalcy in our future oh real quick before we go uh Smoky Mountain, is that still on? Is that as of right now? Smoky Mountain is still on. Yeah, we still are planning. Uh, We're trying to tie it in with, there's a couple of potential events that would be out in the east after Smoky Mountain. Again, we, it's so hard to plan right now. We're just kind of watching and waiting and laying low before we say, yeah, we're going and we get everybody excited. And then, oh, that got canceled. Yeah. And I've gotten tons of messages from people that are anxious because they know our schedule has been changing on and off and they've contacted me. Are y'all coming? Y'all thinking about coming? I'm like, well, we're hoping we just don't know. We're kind of just winging it at this point and we'll let you know. And they're just anxious for us to come. Well, that's awesome. Well, you know, we also have topless for Tatas this, this weekend. Uh, that's right. Which, that's which right. was kind of blew me out of the water. Chris Kern over there reached out and said, Hey, you know, uh, sponsor sent you some stuff. I'm like, Oh, wow. Like I, I had totally forgotten about that event. It's like how, how much of things that are happening or ha- haven't happened or will happen. Right, or, right. Know, what's what actually is happening. So and right. that's always a great event. So if you're up there in the, uh, the Northeast, um, and, uh, top for Tatas, uh, at Roush Creek, that's a great event to go out and hang out and support. Um, and we Definitely. sent a bunch of stuff over to them for, um, for raffle prizes, giveaways and all that good stuff. Um, which cool. reminds me, I need to send a package to you for, um, for Smoky Mountain as well. Um, so we'll get that out here yeah, we quickly. Get, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we'll get that figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Figure that. All right, my friend. Well, Hey, modern Jeepers. Uh, thank you again for joining us on our 76th episode. This is pretty cool. Uh, for all the support you've given us, uh, helping us build this up, but share it with your friends and uh, like it, make comments, you know, do all the little things you need to do with whatever particular app you are, um, listening to, cause that helps us and it helps the app to say, Hey, these are good guys, especially if you're on iTunes, man, if you can get out there and get on iTunes and give us a thumbs up, give us a star or whatever it is. Um, just let people know that you like enjoyed this episode and enjoy this podcast and, uh, especially all your Jeepers. Cause we try to provide you with all kinds of good knowledge, good help. And just a couple of guys and a great gal hanging out and talking Jeeps. That's right. Well, my friends, we'll see you on the trail. Cheers. Bye. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.